Welcome to Is This a Brie? I am Christine. And I'm Anne-Marie. And today we are here to talk about night cheese. So night cheese is a thing that is very near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> it's kind of a lifestyle more than it is a category of cheese, I feel. We yeah. were talking even before we recorded this and figured out that last night we both had a night cheese experience. Not on purpose. Yeah, like if we were real um, like like researchy podcasters or like maybe more prepared, we probably would have planned <laughs> to have night cheese before the night cheese episode. And that's what happened, but not because we planned it. It's just because it's who we are. No, night not cheese at all. people. Yeah. And of course, night cheese as a reference to the Liz Lemon working on her night cheese. And that is always a source of inspiration, as Tina Fey is always a source of inspiration. In all aspects of our lives. In really. all spe- aspects of our life. And cheese is surely no exception to that. <laughs> What was your night cheese last night? So last night I had stopped by Whole Foods and got a couple cheeses. The one which brought me the most night cheese joy was a fresh water buffalo cheese. I don't even remember the producer, actually. I should find that out. But it was called In the Buff as a cute little <laughs> pun, plan words. And um, they had a little uh, like garden herb one, but I got the plain one. Um, it was a water buffalo cheese from Australia, which I had not... I didn't even know there were water buffalo in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen Argentinian water buffalo cheeses and, like, Peruvian, but didn't know Australia had its water buffalo going on. And it was marvelous. Um, Like, you would expect from a fresh cheese, there was sort of some acidity, a nice sort of, like, cream cheesy texture, but also some, like, a chalkiness in a really pleasant way, Mm -hmm. and also a nice little bit of grassiness. Mm -hmm. Um, We dipped my favorite potato chips in them, which are the... Uh, kettle salt and pepper chips that are like oh, yeah. ridged mm-hmm. and do you Great taste grabbers. the salt and pepper yeah exactly but they like they add like probably a lot of msg to it too so it's this whole like f- very flavorful thing and mm-hmm. when you dipped it into the cheese it was kind of entirely magical we it was like a full cream cheese sized block of it and we ate oh, the whole thing between the two of us yeah it's in a block Ooh. yeah one of those things where you like unwrap twice because mm-hmm. it has so much moisture that's coming out of it it was very good Ooh. tell me about your night cheese last night we also didn't do this on purpose but i also had a water buffalo cheese <laughs> last night <laughs> at about eleven thirty. <laughs> yeah uh, and it was bufarolo which is uh, an uh, Italian water buffalo washed dry and cheese. We've talked about Quadrello di Bufala. Mm-hmm. I think that was the Christmas episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of similar uh, as it's also a water buffalo washed dry and cheese. Um, super creamy. And it had this thing, because it, it gets pretty soft when you have it at room temperature, which mm-hmm. is mostly how we like to eat our cheese. That's how you can get the most flavor out of them. But... Often, as it goes with night cheese, I'm not that patient. No. When <laughs> it's a night cheese situation. So it was a little colder than I would normally eat it, but it had this really cool fudgy thing going on, Ooh. which I've noticed in editing these episodes is a word that I use a lot. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because that's a texture that I really enjoy. Yes. Uh, and it was... Very delicious, and I probably had a third of a pound of it. And yeah, you did. It was kind of like 
my Hobbit second dinner <laughs> that I decided to have for the night. Yes, there's no dinner that isn't followed by a second dinner that isn't something that I want. Like, I feel like whenever I have dinner and I'm happy with the experience, it's because I had a second dinner. Right. Because apparently I'm a hobbit, and that's fine. Right. All right, so today we are talking about night cheeses that we would suggest for you. Um, I think the most important thing about night cheese is it's eating the cheese that you most want when you most need it. So feel free to totally ignore our recommendations. But the cheeses we're recommending today are kind of easygoing cheeses that also have enough interesting flavors going on that you want to keep going back. Um, I think the thing, the line you want to walk with night cheese is you don't want something incredibly simple because you don't want to get bored with it, but you don't want it to be a big sort of like slap in the face of flavor because you want to be able to sort of keep revisiting it. That you get that like Domino's aftertaste. So like even if you have a night cheese moment and then you brush your teeth and then you wake up and you're like, I still have something in my mouth, but like you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we you're, don't want that. Yeah. You're going to bed after or, you know, enjoying your night however At you enjoy point, it. Right. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. So you want to end it on like a pleasant and interesting but not too intense note. Yeah, I feel like night cheese, it's like it's not something that I do. It's the last thing that I do yes. of the night besides like maybe watching shit television. Yeah. Like if I want something like really trashy and mindless to like kind of lull me to sleep yeah and it's uh like it's not a i feel like pre-game cheese is a whole different thing whole different ball game which can also be happening at the same time as night cheese might i feel like this is a i'm in my onesie or i'm in my snuggie or i'm in my very comfortable socks yeah at least definitely and i'm gonna not move for at least 40 minutes yeah i'm gonna have some cheese yeah like you're not allowed to eat night cheese with your bra on no yeah that's not a hard pass yeah yeah definitely not no so my night cheese that i go to the most is usually fresh cheese um and usually it's gonna be the vermont creamery goat log Mm. so if you're out excited in the world to try our recommendations and you can't find a vermont creamery goat log that's fine just find whichever fresh chev Um, your cheese person recommends. But I really love the Vermont Creamery one because it's bright and fresh and has acidity, which I think we've talked about um, before. You know, sometimes people think of acidity as harshness Mm -hmm. or like something you want to avoid in cheese, but really it's um, when acidity is done well, it's refreshing. It's something where you want to keep going back to it. Mm -hmm. So um, it's something when people like say something is bright a yeah. lot. I feel like that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, especially in wine and some other things. But if you're talking about brightness or hear somebody that is a food professional or wine professional or whatever saying, oh, it has a real brightness to it, they're mostly, most likely talking about acidity level. Yeah, it's like ranch dressing, right? You have the the little bit of herbaceousness, but you also have the bright buttermilk, which has acidity, which is why it's nice to put on your salad, even though it's like a big creamy, mm-hmm. like rather heavy thing, but it doesn't feel heavy because you have the acidity, yeah. um, which you definitely find in the Vermont Creamery goat cheese. Um, I find with Fresh Chev, it's a really interesting, I always, I always love trying a new one because some of them can be really, really just like pure mineral, a little bit of acidity, more chalky. Some of them get really goaty. And I think Vermont Creamery's is nice because it has acidity. It has a little bit of a goat. Like, you know you're eating goat cheese, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, overtly goaty. It's not like, ooh, those 
goats got sweaty and then sat in the cheese vat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I've had cheeses that taste like that. Yeah. Um, and terrible. I, yeah. And apparently if you like keep the boy goats with the girl goats, one of them has like a musk that gives it that flavor. So that's mm. like a choice you can make as a as like, to keep it away. So when they're together, like the pheromones that they're giving. Yeah. You're tasting like goat like, horniness. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a particularly goaty cheese, know that you're like, Eating cheese from Chasing total horn goat bags. Desire, yeah. yeah. Goat desire. <laughs> that is our other punk fan that I will now be documenting. Milk, jerky, and goat desire. Goat desire. My God. <laughs> That'll be our spinoff podcast, I think. Um, <laughs> but the, the nice thing with Vermont Creamery, and part of the reason that I go back to it so much is uh, for a while I was training like really new cheesemongers from across the country on this cheese and on fresh goat cheese. And people would come in and say like, oh, I don't like fresh goat cheese. Or I don't like goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would be thinking of that like goat horny flavor. Yeah. Um, but the fun thing with the Vermont Creamer stuff too is that it does really express seasonality. Sometimes you really get like a lemon thing. Sometimes you get more of a butterscotchy thing. Sometimes you get more of a grassiness. Um, and it's really based on, you know, are the goats inside the barn because it is snowy outside? Are they out frolicking in the grass because it's beautiful um, in the three days that Vermont is beautiful in the summer? Um, <laughs> you know, it, it really sort of expresses seasonality and all the versions of it are very good, I find. Um, but the reason it's night cheese is because if you don't want to sit and like meditate on flavor, it's just a beautiful sort of refreshing easy snack to come back to Mm -hmm. and if you're in a desserty mood you can drizzle a little caramel on it put some jam with it um you know lemon curd whatever um or if yeah i've never done that i don't think i have either but i can imagine it being very good but that yeah (laughs) you know just off the cuff like yeah especially those fresh chefs that are leaning more lemony yeah yeah, yeah, we need to do that for our next in-person snack yeah. cheese time. Um, but if you're more of a savory person, which I am much more of a savory snacker, um, you can, you know, dip your potato chip in it. You mm-hmm. can put some, like, garlic. <laughs> I was going to say, like, so what I do a lot at home is I'll roast, like, a head of garlic in the oven at a really low temperature. So you're sort of getting, like, caramelized gar- garlic cloves. Mm-hmm. Um so that's something I would do with fresh goat cheese. But you also could do, like, garlic salt if you wanted. Like, that, it's really such sure. a beautiful, like, not blank canvas, but it really is so amenable to other flavors coming in that really whichever flavor you want from it, you can make it into, you know, which yeah. is part of the reason it's such a good night cheese. Like, no matter how you're feeling, it has your back. It's true. Goat cheese has your back. Always. I love that. Always. That's so nice. It is nice. Can we talk about why goat cheese is white? Because I don't think that we've addressed that oh, yet. Oh, let's talk and about And it's that. one of my favorite things. <laughs> so, yes. Um, there are a lot of different stories about this that cheese people will tell. Not all of which are true. But the short story is that, well, so goats are cute. We know that. Mm-hmm. The YouTubes have told us that. And, you know, they run around in their, like, little goat pajamas and, like, jump on cars and each other and all that. Um, goats are kind of idiots, which is why they're <laughs> cute. Um, and true. nature knows that they need someone to have their back or rather for their bodies to have their back. So when they are idiots and hurt themselves, they can heal. Um, and they also tend to live in harsher terrain. So if an animal is eating grass, one of the... 
components in grass is called beta carotene. It is what makes carrots orange. It is what our bodies turn into vitamin A. And if an animal doesn't use all of the beta carotene that it gets from the grass or whatever it's eating, then it will manifest as sort of a yellow color in cheese. Which So if you've ever gone to your cheese shop and seen just like a beautiful, like, pale buttercup yellow cheese, that's probably a cow's milk cheese because cows mm-hmm. eat a lot more grass, are kind of less idiotic, um, and don't need all of the beta carotene to turn into vitamin A. Just like don't hit themselves. Normally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like jump on each other. Yeah. Um, whereas goats, their bodies just understand that they need all of it um, to heal them. So no matter how much like clover or green stuff they eat, they will turn all the beta carotene immediately into vitamin A for their bodies and none of it goes to the milk. So if you buy any goat cheese, it should be white. I bought goat butter that they dye yellow, which really irritates me. That's weird. Which I feel like as like a general consumer, it would maybe be weird if you bought goat butter and it like it would surprise you, right, to buy butter and it's fully white. But I that's guess. an educational moment, I think. That I think so too. You're really missing. So yeah, any goat cheese is gonna be pretty bright white, like stark white, no matter how old it is. Yeah. Um very often cow's milk cheeses will be pretty white when they're young. Like mozzarella isn't often bright yellow. Mm-hmm. Depending on how much grass the cow eats, sometimes it'll be a little more yellow. But yeah. Almost any more aged cow's milk cheese is gonna use that little bit of beta carotene. Mm. And that is the story of why goat's milk cheese is white. I love it. That's one of my favorite, like, go-to cheese facts. That here's here's one for the parties. Here's yeah, right. one to put in your <laughs> pocket. Like, that goat's cheese and goat's milk is white because they're dopey as hell. Because they're batshit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's why we love them. That's why we love them. Real, that's hilarious. Real little dum-dums. Aww. Yeah. I know. Cute. Cute. And Ray, tell us about your night cheese. One of my many night cheeses is lamb chopper. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> so lamb chopper comes from Cypress Grove, which is in California, but it doesn't really come from Cypress Grove. It comes from the Netherlands. It uh, is made in the Netherlands, but Cypress Grove sells it. I think it's exclusively for mm-hmm. Cypress Grove, but they distribute it to the U.S. Uh, and it is a sheep's milk Gouda which is pretty rare, especially coming from the Netherlands. Um, it's mostly, most of your are always going to be cow's milk. But this is, oh, it's so cool. As we've kind of talked about in other episodes, sheik's, sheik's? Sheep's milk cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Only the sheikest sheep's milk cheese. Only sheep sheiks. That would be a cartoon Ooh, I would like to see. Yes. Um, sheep's milk cheeses have, sheep's milk in general has a higher fat content than cow or goat, less than water buffalo. Uh, but of those three, it's the highest, and it has a different texture often, so it can kind of be like you'll find in other like Spanish sheep's milk cheeses, like manchego, all of that kind of stuff. You'll get this like grainy-ish texture, and that is sometimes a really good indicator that it's sheep's milk. Um, but it is so good, and you're especially when you're used to having cow's milk goudas, Having, being introduced to this cheese and being like, oh, this is a Gouda, but it's made with sheep's milk. It's such a different game. It is so cool. And it has that kind of like, in my opinion, it has all of the things that you get from an aged Gouda, like the butterscotchiness, the caramely, the nutty, like all of those things. It has just as much flavor, but is kind of muted a little bit. Yeah. So it's more, I guess, mild, 
but it's still, but it's not flavorless. Yeah, you know, no, it's it has so much flavor. Yeah, yeah. really desserty and yeah. very snackable. So snackable. Yeah, and even as someone who doesn't always go for the desserty flavors, I really like lamb chopper, mm-hmm. and it's another one that's really good with like jam. Also with lemon curd, actually. I don't even eat that much lemon curd, but we just happen to have chosen cheeses that are excellent with lemon curd today. I love lemon curd. I get really pissed off when lemon tarts don't have good lemon curd. Or if it's this, like, lemon jelly thing, yeah, they just shove no. a bunch of powdered sugar on it. I get very upset. <laughs> yeah, what's the point of that? What's the point? It's not a lemon bar if no. there's not lemon curd. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no. And that's my thought of the day. <laughs> that is the fact of the day, actually. But there yeah. are a few things better than really good lemon curd. Yeah, especially with a dessertier cheese. Like... Lamb chopper for me gets sort of like reminds me of the same flavors as a croissant, like that sort of mm, like brown yeah. buttery sort of like pastry y flavor. Absolutely. But it doesn't have actual sweetness to it. And mm-hmm. so when you add like a little bit of sweetness and a little bit of that like lovely lemon curdy texture, it's just fantastic. That's one of those things we, when we're talking about acidity, that's one of those things that has a really nice balance of acidity and sweetness. Mm-hmm. And depending on how you make it, I guess could be too sweet if you add too much sugar in. But that's all. That's, That's all it. I have on that. <laughs> it's another, and I feel like for both of our night cheeses that we've talked about, they're pretty parable with just about everything. Like, mm-hmm. don't put Vermont Creamery Goat Log with like a big Napa Cabernet Sauvignon, Ooh. or do it if you do it. If that's your journey, like, like go for it. Things. You might, you probably won't like it. Yeah, but if you try it and you do, let us know, let us know. because I haven't met you yet. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I feel like just like the brightness of the cheese and the tannin of the wine would really fight. It would really bad. Because yeah. when we're talking about pairings, we want things the kind of like one plus one equals three situation and all of that has to do with balance. Really. Exactly. Like we can you know, we can talk about terroir and different kinds of things all of the time to pair things together. But ultimately you want things to balance each other out. Like you don't want something super strong to completely overpower something that's more delicate uh that takes a little more work for your palate to get to not more work but like it it's more you need to have a more vulnerable tongue (laughs) 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 to taste some of these delicate flavors and if you overpower it's like that's why when we do a tasting we go from mild to wild right like we don't often start with a blue cheese that's going to be a huge spice bomb in your mouth. And then if you get to that super creamy, the bloomy rind or something at the end, then your palate's shot and you can't do that. That's why it's really hard to have coffee when you're doing tastings sometimes. Yeah. Oh, unless yeah. it's like, especially if you have really strong coffee, if you're doing that while you're having cheese or anything really that you want to really get in deep and taste the different flavors of, it can be pretty hard because it's not... People, I've had actually a couple people mistake this because you smell coffee beans when you're like smelling perfumes. Mm-hmm. And as a palate cleanser for your nose, I've had a lot of people think that the same thing goes for taste. Oh, no. It's like, okay, I'm tasting this. <laughs> I'm going to have coffee in between and do this as like a palate setter because oh, wow. it's so common to do it with smells. Yeah. Not the case. Complete no, opposite. Please, I mean, Don't try it. Try it. It will be very educational in that it will really mess your palate up. Yeah, it'll really mess you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not really, yeah. And I feel like, I mean, the thing with night cheese, too, is that it's kind of, 
the cheese equivalent of like rewatching The Office for the thousandth time. Like mm-hmm. you're not at the edge of your seat. You don't have a bunch of adrenaline going. It's not like a big dramatic experience, but it's also not boring. You're like mm-hmm. engaged, but you're not overstimulated. And mm-hmm. like doing something, throwing like coffee or like a big red wine or just anything too big in with it is not is not the vibe you want them yeah. to be playing at the same level. Right. And we talk about nostalgia all the time with cheese and with food. And I feel like night cheese is that perfect opportunity for you just want comfort yeah you want something that's familiar mm-hmm. so you may not have like any night cheeses that are similar to anything that we're talking about but because it's so familiar to you or nostalgic or comforting or anything like that that is your ideal night cheese yeah and that's, that's what we want that's perfect that's exactly right for you yeah so as you are eating your night cheeses please tag us at is this a brie we are on facebook we are on instagram mm-hmm and we'd love to see them. Um, if you try our night cheeses, also let us know what oh, yeah. you think. Um, if you try anything with lemon <laughs> curd, also apparently yeah. let us know. <laughs> yes. Because we, we want to hear about that. We hear about your lemon curd experiences. Yeah, we are, we are here for you. Or if you're just watching 30 Rock and eating cheese. Anything that involves the night cheese experience, let us know about it. This has been Night Cheese. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.